Today's daf is Moed Katan Daf Yud Zayin. We are holding on the bottom of daf Tes Zayin Ahmed Bey's two lines from the bottom of the page. We're going to discuss uh, more issues relating to Nidoy and Cherim today. A Talmud being Menadeh for his own kavod, a person taking the law into his own hands. The Gemara is going to tell a very detailed story of the Nidoy of a Talmud Chacham who had a bad reputation, the decision-making process in terms of whether to put a Talmud Chacham in Nidoy and how this particular Talmud Chacham behaved and what happened with him after he was put in Nidoy. Then the Gemara discusses what happens if someone puts you in Nidoy and you deserve to be in Nidoy, but you don't know who that person was. What's the path out of the Nidoy in that situation? The Gemara is going to discuss what we do when a Talmud Chacham deserves to be put in Nidoy. And then on the bottom of Amid Alf, it's going to start discussing the meaning of Shamta. Shamta is a little bit different than a Nidoy and uh, what, what Shamta actually means, what the word means, and in what way it might be different. The Gemara is going to talk about the role of a shofar of blowing shofar in Shamta. And then, Naman uh, Bey's Gemara is going to go back to discuss some of the halachas of the Mishnah, the idea that a Nazir and a Mitzvah are allowed to be Megaleach and Chalamoed, the idea that an Ovel and a Kohen are allowed to be Megaleach and Chalamoed. And then at the end of the daf, we're going to talk about a situation of Takfuhu Avelav, where a person has one Avelus right after the other, and if there are any special leniencies in the halachas of Avelus for a person, <coughs> who suffers one Avelos immediately after the other. So let us begin two lines from the bottom of Daftes Zayin Amr Beis. Amr Rabbi Tanchum B'Reid Rabbi Chia Ishkvar Akho, Amr Rabbi Yaakov Baracho, Amr Rabbi Simloi. V'amrila, Amr Rabbi Tanchum Amr Rabbi Huna, V'amrila, Amr Rabbi Huna L'chudai. So either Rabbi Tanchum says it in the name of uh, Rabbi Simloi, or Rabbi Tanchum says in the name of Rabbi Huna, or it's just Rabbi Huna who said, Talmud Shenido L'Kvodo Nidu Yunidui, that if a Talmud puts someone in Nidui for his own honor, to defend his own honor, so that Nidui is a binding, is a binding Nidui. The Tanya, because we learned in a Bryce of Menudul Rav, Menudul Talmud, Menudul Talmud, and Menudul Rav, that if someone is Menuda to a Rebbe, the Talmud has to be knowing that Nidoi as well, but if someone is Menuda to the Talmud, the Rebbe is not bound by that Nidoi. The implication is the Laravu Deinu Menuda, Halukuli Alma Menuda. He's not Menuda to the Rebbe. The Rebbe doesn't have to be bound by that Nidoi, but others do have to, others are bound by that Nidoi, meaning the Nidoi is a meaningful Nidoi, even though it was done by the Talmud. So it must be that we're talking about a Talmud that's Menada for his own honor. So how do we know that Lamai? What, what are we talking about? What was the Talmud Menada the person for? If it was about issues of, of Shemayim, it was about heavenly matters, about a Kavot Shemayim issue that the person deserved Nidoi because he was Mevaza HaKadosh Baruch in some way or another, well then Ein Chachma Vein Tvuna Vein Eitzel Neged Hashem. We would never say that the Rebbe doesn't have to be knowing a Nidoi like that. If it was for Kavot Shemayim, everyone is bound by Kavot Shemayim. We can't come up with uh, exceptions. Elulav Lekvot Atzmo must be that we're talking about a Talmud who's Menada for his own Kavod. And even though it was only for his own Kavod, the Nidoi is still binding. It's just that the Rebbe is not obligated to be Noheg that Nidoi. Rav Yosef says what sounds like a phenomenal Chiddush, that if you have a Tamil Chacham who knows what the Halacha is, he's allowed to be Ovid Dinal Nafshei, he's allowed to take the law into his own hands, says Rashi, that means, if he has a Dintara with somebody else, and he knows that he's right, and the other person knows him money, let's say, he doesn't have to worry about going to a Beisden, he can say, the Halacha is, you owe me this money, and therefore you 
you have to pay it, and that's it, and that's binding. He's allowed to be Avadino and Afshay. The rush over here is very bothered by this comment of the Gemara, this comment of Rav Yosef. The rush says, how does this work? Even if the din is borrowed low, even if it's very clear to him, maybe it's not clear to everybody else. I Meaning every Dayan on a base din thinks that he knows the din also, but he could be outvoted by his colleagues. That's why we have multiple Dayanim. You have uh, three Dayanim in the case of Dinim Amnes. Two of them may be very clear one way, and one of them may be very clear the other way. So even if he is right, and even if he's unbiased, he still might might be outvoted if he were on a real base din. And Segreval says the rush, even if it was Barur, ain't of them done din shall krovo. You're not even allowed to be a, a Dayan in a case that involves a Karov of yours. Certainly not in a case that involves yourself, in a case that involves a person himself. That's uh, extremely troubling that he would be able to be the, not only a Dayan, but the only Dayan. And not only that, that Mukha Yosef points out, by uh, the the idea of it, of, of it in Ishdinul and Afshay is something that the Gemara Babakama seems to apply to everybody, that of it in Ishdinul and Afshay. It doesn't mean that a person can judge a Din Torah for himself. <coughs> it means in certain limited circumstances, a person can take the law into his own hands. So why does uh, Rav Yosef, what's, what's Rav Yosef highlighting special about a Talmud Chacham, if that's all it means, if this is just an extension of Avid Inishdinul and Afshay. The rivet over here explains that no, this is not talking about a Din in Dine Mominus. The whole context would imply that this isn't about Dine Mominus. We're in Maid Katendaf Yudzayim, we're right in the heart of the Sugyus of Nidui, where we're Menada for Kavod Chachabim and for things of that nature. So this has nothing to do with Mamon. We're talking about a person as Kari Lechavero Eved or something like that where he deserves a Nidui. Someone did something where he, where he was Mevazah somebody and he deserved a Nidui. And on that, where the Ravid says, we're saying that the Talmud Chacham could take the matters into his own hands. The Rush says, if that's the case, why does Rav, Rav Yosef say that it has to dafka be a milsa de psika? The Allah is a Talmud Chacham, on any Indian of Bizay, and then it shouldn't have to be a milsa de psika. So the Rush suggests that Rav Yosef was trying to teach us that by a milsa de psika, the, the, uh, the, 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 the Nidu Yishal, even on Kal Yisrael, as if, he was, as if the person was Menudal Yidei Bezdin. Meaning, when a Talmud is Menadil Kvodatzmo, so the, the Nidu Yishal for certain people and not for others, as we said, it's not Chal for the Rebbe. But if, a, if it's a Milsa de Psika for the Talmud, that it's something that's very clear that he's supposed to, to for the Tzormir Abanan, that he's supposed to put this person in Cherem, then it's a legitimate Nidu, as if it were done by Bezdin itself, that everyone would be bound by such a nidui. You have to say something. It's a very, very difficult line. What If you, if you say like Pasha uh, Pashat, that it's so much just taking a Dina Mamnus case into your own hands, what would it even be doing here? What's uh, what's the relationship? So the Gemara goes on. The Gemara is about to tell a very detailed story. There was a Talmud Chacham who had a very bad reputation. So Rebuda said, what should we do? There were all these rumors going on about him. Should we put him in Shamta? That doesn't seem to be an option because the Rabbanan need him. And since the Rabbanan need him, it's going to cost the whole community if we put him in, in Shamta. Apparently they needed to learn Torah from him. He was that significant to Tamil Chacham that they needed to learn Torah from him. The Ritva asks, wait a second, we just learned in Daft Tezvav that Menuda is allowed to be Shona La'acherim and Shonin Lo, that if a person is in Nidui, he's allowed to still teach Torah. So even if they're Menadim, they could learn Torah Why would Srichile Rabbanan be a reason not to be Menadim? 
So the Ritva suggests that even though Shana Vishana no, that's only Berichuk Daladamos. There are limitations on the proximity that one is allowed to have to such a person, and therefore it makes a certain koshi in the learning. It makes it more difficult to learn from him. So that's why we don't want to create that sense of distance during during the learning. Other Rishonim suggest that the Gemara is talking about what they were actually considering a cherim, which is more severe than a nidwe. And by a cherim, you're not even allowed to go within the Dalet Amos, so it would actually cost them the opportunity to learn from him. So, to, 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 so they, they, they were trying to figure out what to do with him. They figured they couldn't put him in this shamta because if they put him in the shamta, he's not going to be able to teach Torah anymore. But lola shamte, what's the other option? Not to put him in the shamta? Kamischel That's going to be a terrible chil Hashem if they don't put him in the shamta. As the Ritva explains, what's the chil Hashem? Everyone's going to say, yeah, the rabbis always cover up for each other. When a rabbi does something wrong, there are no repercussions, and they just cover up for him, and they, uh, and they let it go. But if anyone else does something wrong, they're eager to punish. So they can't not do anything. They can't let it just pass. So I'm going they approached Rabbi Rabbi and they said, do you have any Misora of how to deal with such a situation? Rabbi Yochman told us as follows, What is this Pasuk teaching me? That if the Rebbe is like a Malach Hashem, you should seek Torah from him. But if the Rebbe is not like a Malach Hashem, then you should not seek Torah from him. Meaning, what's your entire hesitation of putting him in Nidoi? Because you need to learn Torah from him. Maybe you should take stock of who you're learning Torah from. You shouldn't learn Torah from such a person, Sami Shumane, who has a bad reputation, who has a well-earned bad reputation. One is only supposed to learn Torah from someone who is like a Malach Hashem Tzavakos. Rav Moshe, Nigros Moshe, Yardei Chelbe discusses of uh, having someone say a shir, who, uh, inviting someone to say a shir, if he's a significant Tamachacham or he's an expert in a certain area when he worked for a conservative shul. Whether uh, that's, uh, that's a permissible, appropriate, or inappropriate, <coughs> even if his, uh, if his, if, if, if his uh, job at the conservative shul was uh, executive director or something like that, nothing to do with Amuna Vadas, nothing to do with religious services or anything of that nature. So Moshe says that one should not invite such a person to say a shir in a shul. The Gemara in Kedushan says, the Tandabe Rabbi Shmuel was mechana for someone who was nimcha liyoschotev etzim shov mayim laval dezara as a comer, that even if all the guy did was he was chotev etzim and shov mayim for aval dezara, he did some busy work, he was the custodian for aval dezara, they still called him a priest, because I'll call upon him, he was helping in the avoda. So someone who's messayeya for davar aser is like a kohen la'oso davar, is considered to be like the, the, if he worked in the conservative shul, he's considered to be the conservative rabbi, and Rav Moshe says, it's clear in our sugya, tzum rabban that has shmuel's rose, and they need his Torah, doesn't matter what kind of expert he is and how much you're able to learn from him. He's not Doma Lamal Hashem Tzavakos. That's a Lacha Psuk and Shulchan Arch and Simon Yardea Simon Reshmem Bav. That a Rav that's in a Holich Bedarach Tova, even if he's a Chacham Gadol the Kolaam Tzrichinlo, he's a great Chacham and everyone needs him. You can't uh, learn from him unless he does tshuva. 
So certainly, that's a rush, Mosa, they have to be Choshesh, that he's going to teach the wrong thing also, that he's going to be teaching things that are Rapi courses. But even if not, even if he weren't teaching things that are Rapi courses, we're not Mavakish Torah from such a person. That's how Rav Moshe writes. In the Sefer Bad Kodesh on the Moadim, According to Pnine Alech over here in the Masifta, he explains that the Yisra of being Mavakish Torah from a, from a Rav She'en Ohagun is really two separate dinim. One din is the Yisra to learn Torah from such a rabbi so that you don't come to learn of They don't come to start behaving like him because people learn from, it's not just Torah, when people learn from any teacher, the teacher tends to become a uh, role model, but especially by Torah, especially by, by Torah where it's not a subject, a Torah is a way of life. So a person not only looks up, you look up to someone that you learned something from, but when it comes to Torah, you really were supposed to view our Torah teachers as role models. So a person is very likely to learn from the, the behaviors of the teacher of Torah. So that's one din that we're afraid you're going to learn from him. But then there's another din, and that's an ik, that, that, that's in terms of the din of Masorah, that the gedder of limud Torah from a Rebbe is that a limud from a Rebbe is, uh, is a limud amaskayim. That's a limud that's going to be a more meaningful limud, and that's a limud that connects one to our Sinai. So the, uh, the, it's, it's not going to be considered a limud from a Rebbe if the person is not deserving of the title of Rebbe, if the person is not deserving of the title of being a Malamed. So that's the second din over here, aside from just the uh, general concern that you might start to behave like them. You're not going to behave like them. What kind of Masorah is that? A person is supposed to have a Masorah, Ishmi Piyish, back to Moshe Rabbeinu. Shamte Rav So Rav put the person in Shamta. L'sof Ichlash Rav After a while, Rav got sick, not unrelated, he just happened to get sick, not related to the fact that he put the person in Shamta. Asr Rabbanon L'shulebe, the Rabbanon came to visit Rav to see how he was doing. Va'ase Ihunami Bahadayu. And this person also came along to visit Rav The Ritva writes in the name of Tosos and the name of Yosef write that he must have stayed Daladamos away from him because he was already in Nidu. He couldn't, he couldn't go within Daladamos. But Yaivitz writes, Rabbi Yaakov Emden says, you have to say that by Shamta, there's no Isra to be, to be within the Daladamos because uh, Din Shamta is more Kal than the Din of a Cherim. And, uh, and you don't have to say that he stood Baruch Daladamos from Rabbi Yudha. He says because he was together with the Chacham. It says that he went together with the Chacham. So what, they all stayed away more than Daladamos away? And furthermore, he says, says Rabbi Yaakov Emden, it's unlikely that Daladamos would help over here because Mustama Rabbi Yudha was in a house and Mekal Bayis is Kedaladamos, the entire house has a din of Daladamos. So probably it was within the, uh, the, the Daladamos. The, uh, the, the, the difficulty is that the Gemara tells us Rabbi Akiva visited Rabbi Lazar when Rabbi Lazar was sick, even though Rabbi Lazar, according to the Gemara in Bamatia Nuntes, was also put in a uh, in a in a cherim. and he st- and he stayed uh, and and he stayed berichuk al ramos. The Gemara says, "Why Rabbi Lazar wasn't in a house?" Well, so apparently we don't say that the whole house is like dal ramos when it comes to when it comes to this type of issue. But this fellow went to visit Rabbi Yehuda when he was sick. Katchazi Rabbi Yehuda chayich, but Rabbi Yehuda saw him. It brought a big smile to Rabbi Yehuda's face. Amr le lo mistayech the shamti gavra the fellow said was insulted he says uh, it's not enough that you put me in Shamta now you laugh at me I come to visit you and it gives you a smile that I'm in Shamta that I'm in Nebuchadnezzar in Bizayin like this I'm not laughing at you he says I'm looking forward to going up and they're gonna and, and I'm gonna be able to tell them that even for someone of your stature I, I didn't I didn't I didn't, I, I, I didn't try to engage in false flattery and I didn't try to treat you differently and I did what was right even for 
for a person like you. So that's that, that's what brought the smile to his face. That he, he had the courage to put him in the shamta. Nach nafshi dravuda. Ravuda ultimately died. This fellow then went into the base medrash and he said, "I want you to be matir mecherim." They said, "We would love to, but we don't have anyone as chashav as Rabbi Yehuda to undo your cherim to be matirit." He's the one that could do it. He's the one that can help you out. He went to the nasi. Rabbi Yehuda told Rabbi Ami, "Go look into what his situation is, and if he deserves to be let out of his out of his shamta, so go and let him out." So Rabbi Ami looked into it, and he said, "You know what? This person deserves to be matirit." He happened to have been in the base marriage when this conversation was going on, and he gets up and he makes him a ha. Vamar, umar shivcha shal beis Rabbi lo nagu chum kalashosh binidu yashol shanim. Yehuda chaverenu alachas kama v'kama. Even a shivcha of beis Rabbi, the chacham weren't knowing kalashosh and her nido. Her nido was meaningful and impactful, and was something that we didn't take lightly. So the nido of of Rabbi himself, we're not going to of Rabbi Yehuda rather of Rabbi the chaverenu. We're not going. We we absolutely should not take lightly. We shouldn't just be matirit. I'm Rabbi Zera, man de kamanda also idna high sabah bebe midrasha. Rabbi Zera says, you know what? Roshul ben Nachmani is very rarely in our base medrash. It's an unusual event to find him in our base medrash. He hasn't come in many years. It must be that he was here today for a reason. And it must be that Kodesh Baruch Hu doesn't want us to be matir this neder. The fact that he happened to have been here making this macha on this day. So they were not matir the cherim. So the guy went out, and as he was crying and walking, he got stung by a bee on his ba'amaso, uh, on his aver, and he and he died. They tried to bring him into the ma'ara where they bury the chasidim, and uh, the uh, he was not allowed in. But they brought him into the ma'ara of Rashi Bezdin of people who were dayanim, and they uh, and they were mekabelim. My time, oh, why did he why did he deserve that? Why did he deserve to be buried amongst dayanim? David Rabbi Eli, because he did what Rabbi Eli suggests. Rabbi Lai says if a person sees that his Yetzirah is getting the best of him, he should go to a place where no one recognizes him, and he should get dressed in black, and do what he wants to do, and at least he won't be so that literally he's allowed to just do whatever he wants to do as long as no one knows about it. It's the, the Jew goes on vacation and no one they puts on a baseball cap and that's it, he could do whatever he wants to do so probably it means yasa, if he's Yasa Mashalibo Chafetz at least then he won't also be, be Mechal Hashem Shemayim, I mean if he stays within the Jewish community and he continues to be Yasa Mashalibo Chafetz, he's be Mechal Hashem Shemayim, but at the very least avoid the Chil Hashem, at the very least avoid the situation, you're be Mechal Hashem Shemayim Shivcha Shabbes Rabbi Mahi we mentioned along the way that the Shivcha Shabbes Rabbi, when she would put someone in Nidoy for three years we would have such great respect for the Nidoy, what was the situation 
situation? What story is that referring to? Rabbi happened to have seen someone hitting his older child. And she put that person in Cherem and she said, he's violating the Yisr of Lifneivar Lositin Michshal by hitting his older child. The tiny of Lifneivar Lositin Michshal, the Makal Ibn Ogadal Akasamidaber, that Lifneivar Lositin Michshal is violated when one hits an older <coughs> child. Because since he's a Gadal, Rashi says, Shema Mevait Ba'aviv, Vavale Ihu Machshilo. He might turn around and slug the father right back, kick the father and hurt the father or curse the father, do something like that, and you will have caused it to happen by, by treating him like a child, by treating him like someone who's much younger. The Achronim have a Chakira by the Din of Lifneiver. Let's say I do my best to try to get someone to violate an Avera. Lifneiver generally is when you cause someone to violate an Avera. I do my best to try to cause someone to violate an Avera, but he, he doesn't do it. I can't, I can't get him to do the Avera. He doesn't end up doing the Avera. Did I violate Lifneiver? Meaning, I, I, it, yeah, I, I could do the same thing ten times. Nine times a person does the Avera because of me, so I violate Lifneiver. That tenth time he doesn't do the Avera. I did exactly the same. I did exactly the same thing. Is it now not Lifneiver because the result didn't happen? The result was not an Avera? It's a famous Chakira in the Achronim. What is Lifneiver? Is Lifneiver that I get a chilek of the Avera that the other person does? Or is that a separate iser? That uh, it's like giving someone Eitzarah, whether he follows my advice or doesn't follow my advice, I'm just a bad guy for giving him Eitzarah. So by uh, telling, by enabling him to do an Avera, even if he doesn't do the Avera, I'm just a bad guy. But it's not that I have a chilek in this iser. It's probably totally in this in this issue. Right? It's uh, the, the, this uh, this issue is totally, probably totally in Achakira. If you say that I get a chilek of his iser, well, if he doesn't do any iser, I don't get a chilek of anything. There's nothing to get a chilek of, and mail it's not going to be lifneiver. So they bring a raya from here. Now what's Rashi? Lashon. Rashi's Lashon is that you can't hit the Beno Gadol because Shema, he might turn around and be Mevait and then it's going to be a violation of, uh, of Lifne Iver. So the Shivcha Shabbat Rabbi, what did she do over here? She put the person in Nidoi immediately when she saw him hitting. She didn't wait for the kid to turn around and slug the father. She just immediately put the person in Nidoi. So maybe that, that's a Raya, that he doesn't actually have to do the Avera in order for him to... Uh, in order for him to have violated Livnei Iver. The pre Yitzchak writes that Livnei Iver is not violated unless he actually does the Avera, and he, uh, and he rejects the Raya uh, from here because he says even, even if uh, it's true that maybe the guy will not have ended up violating Lifneiver, but he still deserves to be put in some sort of cherem because what he did was not right, meaning what he did was very high risk of Lifneiver. What he did was clearly wrong, and that's what the Nidu is for. She wasn't putting him in Nidu for violating Lifneiver. We don't do that. We don't put people in Nidu every time they violate Lifneiver. It's just that she thought this was a bad behavior, whether it was a technical violation of Lifneiver is yet to be determined, but it was a kind of behavior that needed to be dealt with right away. The Ritva writes over here, well, how, what's the definition of a gadol? He says, Love gadol mamish, hakolafi tivo shal ben. It doesn't have to be uh, over bar mitzvah even. It just all depends on the nature of the son. If a person does this to his uh, 11-year-old child and the 11-year-old would turn around and hit him, then the father didn't treat the 11-year-old right either. I think that's what the achronim all say, that nowadays the 2-year-old will turn around and hit you also. 
that nowadays it's not the it's not the way to get people to uh, to, to to get children to uh, to to behave properly. That they, on the one hand, the Mishnah says Maseches Makos that a father who hits his kid and gets the kid to uh, and, and 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 accidentally hits the kid too hard and kills him, Bishogeg doesn't go to to Gaulus, He doesn't go to the Yer That's in Yana Diyam, this week's parsha is Yer Miklat. But he doesn't go. The father doesn't go to the Yer because he was also Dvar Mitzvah. When you're doing a Dvar Mitzvah, you don't go to near Miklat. Av Makas Beno, Rav Rodas Talmido doesn't go to a near Miklat because they're in the middle of doing a Mitzvah, and it's only when you're doing a Dvar Rishus that you accidentally kill someone that you'd go to near Miklat. You see, it's called a Dvar Mitzvah, generally speaking. But once the kid gets to a certain age where it's not going to work anymore, and Adrav, it's going it's to have a negative effect of turning the kid around on you, so then it's going to be an Avera. It's going to be something that deserves a Cherem. It's going to be a violation of the Fnever. But the Ritva points out it's a sliding uh, you know, line where, where that line is. And it could be that nowadays that line is, uh, very, is, is at a very, very young age. I think Ravalbi writes like that in his Svar uh, Chinuch that uh, nowadays that line doesn't exist, meaning it's, it's a, you know, when the kid is born, it's already, he's, he's already too old to, uh, to, to, be, to, to hit the kid. Okay, Rish Lakish have a Menata Pardesa. Rish Lakish, he was guarding a Pardes. He was guarding an orchard. Asu Teine. And a guy came and he, and he started eating figs. So he started yelling at him, Stop eating my figs! Stop eating these figs! They don't belong to you! So he, uh, because he wasn't listening, Reish Lakish screamed, You should be in Shamta! He put him in a Shamta. Well, you believe the chutzpah? The Ganav turns around to Reish Lakish and he yells, No, I don't belong in Shamta! You should be in Shamta! He says, I know how to learn. When I steal, I owe you money. I don't owe you a Shamta. I don't have to be in a Nidoy. I don't have to be in a Cherem. So you have no right to put me in Cherem. You should be in Cherem for putting people in Cherem unnecessarily. Asa the Beis was shaken up by this whole incident. He went to the Beis Medrash. And they told him in the Beis Medrash, yeah, that his the Nidoy that the person put you in, his Nidoy is a valid Nidoy, your Nidoy is not a valid Nidoy. So what can I do about it? Now that I'm in Nidoy, Rish said, go find him, said he could be Mat of the Nidoy for you. Lo yadanale, Rishlak says, I have no idea who he is. How am I going to find him? Amrulei, ziyelagabe nasiya delishulach. So then you should go to the nasi, and the nasi will be mat the nidoy. Just like we had in the previous story, that after Rabbi Yehuda died, they had told him to go to Rabbi Yehuda nasiya delishulach. You go to the nasi, the nasi will take care of it. Tatani nidu, veniyodeh minidu, yelechetzal nasi, viyatolo niduyo. That if a person was put in nidoy, and he doesn't know who put him in the nidoy, so you should go to a nasi, and the nasi will be mat the nidoy. The Rishonim are medayik from, from this gemara that someone's menadish lokadin he himself is a bar shamta. He himself deserves nidoy because that's exactly what Shlakish deserved. Apparently, according to the Gemara, the Muki Yosef ever says that Yesh uh, Omrim that that's only when he's menada tamal chacham shlokadin. But if he's menada nama aretz, the menada the the, um, the uh, if he if 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 uh, if he's menada nama aretz and the menada himself is a tamal chacham, even though he's menada shlokadin, he's not chayiv in a nidoy. I. What about our story, Mustama, the person who was stealing the uh, the fruits from the orchards was not a Tamil Chacham. The fact that Rish Lakish himself was Chayv Nidoy, maybe that was because he was uh, uh, he, 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 the, he, he was Menada, maybe he was Taka Menada Tamil Chacham. We, know, we don't know who the person was. Maybe it was a desperate Tamil Chacham who was looking for something. I don't know. It's difficult to understand, but uh, that's the Shita of the uh, of the Nemuka Yosef. The Rambam Paskins in Ilkhas Talmud Torah, Parag Vav, that a, someone who's Menada, someone who's not Chayv Nidoy, 
who atzmo chayiv benidoy who based in srichim lenadoso. That based is a chiv to be menad someone who's going around being menad people unnecessarily. And his rise from the story of Reish Lakish that once Reish Lakish did, did put someone in nidoy when he didn't deserve it, mainly he deserved to be in, in nidoy. However, the rivet says no, it's not Bazin's job. Meaning maybe the nidoy would be binding if someone did it, but it's not Bazin's responsibility to make sure that the person is put in nidoy. Bazin has the right to judge on the, on their own whether to put the person in uh, in nidoy. Uh, now the, the better question over here that that some of the rishonim and achronim deal with is why is this person not deserving of nidoy? I mean the guy said yeah, but he's uh, when when sometimes you violate isurim, just like we just saw you violate lifnei, you very deserving nidoy sometimes. So it could be in Reish Lakish's judgment, this guy violated los sigzal, he deserved to be in nidoy because he violated los sigzal. Just because he violated one of here doesn't mean he doesn't also deserve deserve a nidoy. So that issue is dealt with by the rishonim. Amravuna beusha iskinu av bezin shasarach ein menadin also. When an av bezin turns bad, we not we don't put him in nidoy. Ela omerlo he kavid v'shev b'veisecha. We tell him to go. Uh, to, to go with the low profile and stay in his house. Uh, I mean, you make himself like a person who's, uh, who's in pain, like a person who's suffering, and to, to lock himself up in his house. Chazav v'sarach, if he then, again, does something wrong, then we have to be minad to him for the sake of Chil Hashem. And this is against Reish and we darshan kisau kalayla that when a talmud chacham deserves nidui, we try to cover it up. We try to do it in a very quiet way, not to do it before because the whole thing is a chol Hashem to have to be disciplining a talmud chacham like that in a public way. Marzutra chasida ki mechayv tzur mirabban shamta bereisha mashmit nafshei vahadam mashmit lididei. When Marzutra chasida had to put a talmud chacham in, in the shamta, he would first put himself in the shamta and then put the talmud chacham in the shamta. Ki avayil bushbize sharile nafshei vahadam sharile lididei, and then. When he'd uh, get to his place where he would stay to go to sleep, he would first be matir his own nidui and then be matir for the other tamachacham. Amrav Gidol Amrav, tamachacham nadal atzmo meifala atzmo. Tamachacham could be nadal for himself and be meifah for himself. Amrav Papa Tesi lidol shemiti tzomer rabban meolam. Rav Papa says I deserve great credit because I was I never put a Tzur Merabanan in Shamta. So what did he do when a Tzur Merabanan deserved Shamta? He did like they used to do in Eretz Yisrael. In Eretz Yisrael they would give Malkus to a Tamil Chacham but they wouldn't put a Tamil Chacham in Shamta. Why? What's the difference? Why is Malkus better for a Tamil Chacham in Eretz Yisrael than a Shamta is? Rav Shachter explains in the uh, very last piece I think it is, in the very last piece the very last page of his first sefer of Eretz Tzvi, that when uh, that in Eretz Yisrael, the difference between Tamil Chacham and Eretz Yisrael, he this is in Rav Shachter's own explanation. He quotes from the Tziv, the Tziv in his commentary to the Shiltos, that the difference between Tamil Chacham in Eretz Yisrael and Tamil Chacham in Babel is Tamil Chacham in Eretz Yisrael had smicha, and Shamta is a klala. Shamta is a curse that a person should die. That's what Be'ikr uh, a Shamta is. Someone who's Mekalal Dayan who has smicha is in violation of two lavin. There's the regular lav of Mekalal Kol Adam Yisrael, which we learn from Losakal Cherish, and then there's an additional lav of Elukim Losakalel, that a person is allowed to be Mekalal Dayan. So the heter of a Shliach Bezin to be Mekalal maybe is only enough to violate one of those averus. Meaning the idea that a Shliach Bezin has a mitzvah to do to be Mekalal on behalf of the Bezin, maybe that only allows 
for one of those Yisurim, but to violate both of those Yisurim, maybe that much Koach L'Shliach Bezin doesn't have. So in Eretz Yisrael, when they had to deal with both of those Yisurim, they said, okay, we'll give Malkus. The Yisur Malkus is the same for everybody. There's no special Yisur Malkus for, uh, for a person who has smicha. But the Yisur being Mekalel is a separate Yisur, and therefore they didn't want to be Mekalel. My Shamta, what does Shamta mean? Amarav Shem Misa, that we evaluate that he deserves death. Ushmol Amar Shmamayiya, that will be desolate. Mahanyabe Kitichya Bitanura. It's like fattening up an oven with oil, that the flavor of that oil always of that fat always remains in that oven. No matter how much you burn out the oven, it always remains there. So Ushanti, even if you're matirit, the the remnants of it are always going to be there. Upliga the Reshlakish, but that's against what Reshlakish holds. Zam Reshlakish Kshemshan Knesset Masaim Rabba Mushmana Evarim, Kak Shiyot Yotz Masaim Rabba Mushmana Evarim. Just like it enters all parts of a person's body, when it leaves, it leaves. Leaves all parts of a person's body. How do we know that it enters all 248 limbs of a person? Because he uses the term cherem and cherem is a gematria 248. And when it leaves, how do we know it leaves all evarim? It's also gematria 248. We throw the shamta on the tail of a dog and it will take care of itself. There was a dog that was eating the shoes of the rabban, and they didn't know who was eating up their shoes, who was destroying their shoes. Manu b'shamtu they so they they put in shamta whoever was doing it. Itli be'nur be'gnuvasei va'achalte the dog's tail caught fire and consumed the dog entirely. There was a strong man that was causing tsar to a certain talmud chacham. Asl kamed rav yosef he came to rav yosef. Amalei zil shamta rav yosef said no problem just put him in shamta and that should take care of him. He say, well, I'm afraid of him. He's a very strong person. He finds out that I cursed him, that he should die. It's going to be the end of me. He said, you should write a shamta, write a note of shamta against him. Then there's going to be evidence that I put him in shamta. That's even worse. I don't want that. Take it, take your written shamta and put it in a, in a jug and go to the base Kvaros to enact it. And blow shofar for 40 straight days, a thousand times, a thousand shofros for 40 straight days. This, uh, I missed, uh, Alicia pointed out to me yesterday, I missed the Dafyomi coincidence, so we mentioned blowing shofar yesterday on the first day of blowing shofar for Shkoda Shalul. So, uh, so today we mentioned it again. Blowing shofar, this time we mentioned 40 days. The last time we blow shofar in the season is 40 days from now. So uh, we blow shofar for, uh, for 40 days. This is different though. This is to put someone in shamta. It's a different kind of shofar. Azal Avid Hachi. So he went and he did that. Pakakada Umis. And the guy, uh, the guy died. Alma Maishi Purisha Nefrayin Mimenu. Why shofar? What is the meaning of shofar in this context? Shenefrayin Mimenu. The word shofar sounds like Shenefrayin Mimenu, that he's being paid back for what he had done. Might Havra. Why is it that we blow a shvarim, a broken sound of a shofar? Amravitsa Bredravuda Tavri Bati Rami. That it's to say that high and mighty houses are falling and are breaking. That we're bringing down someone of significant power. This guy was an Alama, he was a strong person, and we're bringing him down. Wherever the Chachamim uh, place their eyes to, to bring someone down, that they, they, they get upset at somebody, so it's going to cause either Misa or Oni for that person. The Mishnah had said that a Nazir and a Mitzorah are allowed to be Megaleach on Chalamoed. 
So I asked the Gemara, Baimin Rabbi Yirmi Rabbi Zeir, Rabbi Shalom Elam Penai, or Dumaf B'Shay Elam Penai. When we say that Nazar Mitzara allowed to be Megalech and Chalamovit, is that only if they couldn't do it before Yantif, or even maybe if they could have done it before Yantif, but they didn't, then we still allow them to be Megalech and Chalamovit. Amalei Tanina, he said, we learned in Ebrisa, called Elu Sha'amru Mutar Megalech B'Moed, B'Shalom Ha'Elam Penai. The entire rest of the list in the Mishnah of people who are allowed to be Megalech and Chalamovit is only if they couldn't do it before Yantif. If they could have shaven or taken haircuts before Yantif, then it's also for them to do it on Cholomoid. However, the exceptions are Nazir and Mitzora, even if they had time to do it before Yantif, they're still allowed to shave on Cholomoid because we don't want to delay the whole process of them bringing their carbon because they're not allowed to bring the carbon until after the Tiglachas, so we want the process to get underway as quickly as possible. We let them be we learned in Bryce that a coin and an Avel are allowed to be Megaleach. So, hi Avel, hey what kind of Avel are we talking about? If it was already the eighth day of his Avelus on Erev Yantiv, which means that that was already Ololol, the minion Shloshim, that the Yantiv broke the Shloshim, so he's not even in Shloshim anymore. Then he could have shaved on Erev Aregel, he could have shaved before Yantiv, because that would be the Alacha, that if Yantiv is breaking your Shloshim, you're allowed to shave before Yantif. No, it must be that the eighth day of his Avelis was Erev Yantif, but that happened to have been a Shabbos. The Yantif broke his Shloshim, but he couldn't shave before Yantif because it was Shabbos. Well, in that case, he should have shaved Erev Shabbos. Abishol holds that even when the seventh day of Avelis, even when the, 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 the last day of Shiva is Erev Yantif, you're allowed to shave in honor of Yantif, the Yantif is still going to break the Shloshim. Because Abishol holds, we say, in twice on the same day. We'll say Mixiom Kikulo at the beginning of the seventh day, good, your sh- the person's Shiva is over, and then Mixiom Kikulo is for the Shloshim, and that uh, and then the, the Yantif is gonna break the Shloshim. So we don't pass like Abishol in general, the Gemara says, but we do pass like him when Arab Shabbos is the eighth day, and therefore you're not gonna be able to do anything in Arab Shabbos. So then we'll say that the seventh day is uh, Mixiom Kulo. So Lot Sricha Shekal Shvi Shalo. Now the case must have been where the, the of the other that we're talking about is where the seventh day was 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 Shabbos erev regel. It wasn't the eighth day that was erev regel. It was the seventh day that was erev regel. That was Shabbos. So one sheet holds like Abish Shaul that the seventh day counts as Shiva and as Shloshim. So since Shloshim started, he could be Megaleach before Yantiv. But he can't because it happens to be Shabbos. So he's an honest, and therefore, he, when a person is an honest before Yantif, you're allowed to be Megaleach and Chalamoid. So that's why we'll allow this Avil to be Megaleach and Chalamoid. And Tanidan Savalak Rabbanadam, and the other Tanid will say, no, he's not allowed to shave in Chalamoid because. Our town of our Mishnah doesn't include the Avalon list. We'll say he's not allowed to shave in Cholomoid because there is no Mitzvah Kekulo and therefore it's not over. The, the, the Regal didn't break the Shloshim. Hi, Kohen, Echidami. What was the case of a Kohen where the Brysa says the Kohen is allowed to shave on Moed? If his Mishmar was over on Erev Yantif, he should have shaved then. So, must be his Mishmar is over on Yantif. Tanit, Dan, Savar, Kivin, Tanan, Bishal, Shprag, Mishano, Yikal, Mishmar, Shavos, Pemur, Ergalim. 
Our Tana would say that since on Yantif all the Mishmaros are Shavos, so it's as if his Mishmar never ends because he continues straight into the Mishmar that everyone shares. Whereas the other Tana would say, no, it's true that he has a Shaykh, he has some sort of connection to the Mishmar on Yantif, but it's not his Mishmar, it's everybody's Mishmar. So if it's everybody's Mishmar, it's nobody's Mishmar. And uh, therefore, he would not be, therefore, he would be able to shave. Anyone is allowed to shave on Mori is allowed to shave during the Avelus. Iva Tanya Asurim, didn't the Bryce say that they're not allowed to shave? Amrav Chista, Amrav Shila, Kitanya Hacha, Mutarin, Bishatukfu Avelov. When we say that an Avel is allowed to shave in the same situations that one is allowed to shave on Mori, it means if he's an Avel one right after the other. He has two Avelus one right after the other. Ibishatukfu Avelov, Mayuri Kalelu Shamra, Filukuli Almanami. Well, then why do you need the special dispensation of the kinds of people that can shave on Chalamoid. Anyone is allowed to shave when it's Takfu Avelov. The Tanya Takfu Avelov Zechazeh, Hitzbud Saru Mekel Bater, Umachabis Ksusa Bemaim. You're allowed to even do laundry. No, when it's Takfu Avelov, anyone is allowed to use a razor to lighten his hair, but he's not allowed to use scissors to get a normal haircut. Bemaim Lobanesar Oblaal. He's allowed to wash his clothing in water, but not with any detergent. Amrav Chistah Zosamaris Avel Asr Bitechposas. We see from here that an Avel is not allowed to do laundry, but when it's Takfu Avelov he can do laundry in a lighter way, by using just water he can cut his hair in a lighter way but if he's someone who's allowed to shave on Cholomoyit and he's Takfu Avelov, then he's allowed to do normal laundry and get a normal haircut. Okay, we'll pick up a ton of Rabbanon tomorrow.